of Hebrews. Thank you again for your kind hospitality and giving us what you just did a while ago. Didn't ask for it. You just did it. You wanted to, so you done it. And we receive it. God bless you. Amen. It's a good life living for the Lord. It's so wonderful to know that Jesus is my reward. Praise God. Chapter 11 and verse 23 of Hebrews. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Invisible. Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. We come this blessed first day of the week to celebrate you, magnify you. Let your spirit dwell upon us now in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. My title is No Greater Cause. No Greater Cause. Tell the person beside you, there is no greater cause. Tell them like you believe it. There is no greater cause. I can see the birth after the prophecy of Joseph, a Savior will be born. And I won't be around to see him. But deliverance is coming. Didn't give his name. He just said, I know my bones don't belong here. I was brought here because I was sold here. But take my bones when he, when he comes. Moses' mother refused to do what the king wanted. Kill all the babies. Kill all the kids. Someone turns the machine off for me, please. And so he did not suffer the death that many children had suffered. Every boy that was born was killed. And the mom said, no, this is my son. And I can look with the eyes of discernment that my son is not an ordinary son. My son will have purpose. And my son will belong to a noble cause. And so she hid her son 
the best she could. You can't hide your kids forever. At some point, they have to face reality, the world, on their own and make decisions for themselves. And they will be accountable and responsible for that decision, whether you like it or not. But the years rolled by and God worked it out that Pharaoh's daughter was barren, had no children, and she had to adopt this boy that she loved. She saw that baby, and I believe God let that baby just show that gum and start screaming. And immediately God touched her heart. And made her love that boy as if it was her own bowel that brought forth this child. And she said, I want this child. Hallelujah. I can see as she go home and begin to brag to her dad, I got a son. I said, what? I got a son. Oh, when did you do this? Nine months didn't go by that I didn't notice you. How can you get a son here? And she said, well... He just over the corner over there somewhere. Where is he? Bring him to me. And guess what? God paid the mother as a babysitter to take care of her own son. My Lord, that's not God's blessing. He's talking about blessing. And so she don't know that this is the boy's mom and that's her son. She said, that's my son. And I'm paying her to take care of him. But when Pharaoh's daughter don't know, every night, every morning, every afternoon, that mom, look at that little baby who cannot yet speak, and said, boy, there is no greater cause than the cause of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There is no greater cause. Now, he couldn't respond, except would respond. But every day, I believe she said to her son, son, well, she couldn't say son openly, but there is no greater cause. You belong to a greater cause. Now, I know when you are raised in the house of Pharaoh that opportunity will knock. Privileges will come. Access to things that I don't know you will have access to. And you will sit among royalties, magistrates, princes, and ambassadors of the world. In fact, you're going to be in line for the throne. But son, there is no greater cause. When you see that throne, remember this. There is no greater cause. When you're called to the festivities of the high and the mighty and the luxurious, remember this, there is no greater cause. I don't know how many times she put that in his head. Hallelujah. And said, you're not an Egyptian. You are a Hebrew. Hallelujah. And she just keep repeating that to her son. I believe she did. They tell me, whoever babysit your son, our daughter, that's your, that's theirs, that's not yours. What you're going to have is a stranger in your house, but that's not yours. Because whoever socialized, amen, and secularized this child going to be in that child. You know, they said, well, first in, last out. Last in, first out. 
And so all the influence Moses is going to have is that Pharaoh's daughter going to be that of the babysitter. And the babysitter is the mother. And the Bible said the time came after Pharaoh, I'm sure, raised that boy for, for, for Israel and educated this boy in all the ways of Egypt and blessed him with all the blessings of royalty and make him now next for the throne. I believe he was ripe and ready for the throne. He was next, because the daughter couldn't be King Pharaoh, so obviously she wanted her son to be. That was the pride of her life. And she wanted him to reign supreme as the next Pharaoh in line. Hey, church, who would want that position? Who would want to be adopted by her? Who want to sit by the throne? When all these world leaders come by, you can sit right there. He could run in that meeting and crash the party and jump in that grandpa's lap and just have fun. He could do that because he was next in line for the throne. But the Bible said when he came to years, that means years of decision making. Years when mom and dad can't make decision for him. Years when he got to make decision and face the consequences of his action, and you can't you can't determine the reaction after the action is taken. And so he got to make up his mind which way he's going to go, whether this way or that way or no way at all. And so his mom is not there now because she got dismissed because she no longer is needed. The boy is of age. He can walk. He can talk. He don't need a babysitter anymore. He's able to take care of himself. And so he's on his own. Well, I believe he was taught in science, philosophy, politics, ideology, and every movement in the world. He knew all about it. In fact, they tell me he was a military leader, a general in the army of Pharaoh and won many wars and battles. So this guy was set up for position. But in his ears were those accolades. There is no greater cause than that of Father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are a direct descendant of that family legacy. Don't allow yourself to forget there is no greater cause. I'm telling you why you can't train up that child. That when they get older to make decisions, they're going to make the right decision. Where you take them, that's where they'll always go. What you teach them is what they'll always practice. What you live is what they'll remember. And so in his mind was, there is no greater cause. You know, I'm going to tell you, church, I'm just up here. Every child, when you grow up, the first thing you want to do is have the best grade, go to the best college, the best university, amen, the best everything, get the highest paid job, amen, have the best home and the best everything, you know, and how many people can have under you. Moses was no different. Moses had to make up in his mind. Is it going to be Pharaoh's Egypt or a land that Abraham is looking for and have not yet found? Amen. And when he came of age, I said, he refused. He said, no, I will not take that throne. Meaning it was offered to him. It was offered to him. Because it's an offer, don't mean you got to take it. What seemed like an opportunity could be a death warrant. 
What sinner could open the door could be, amen, a door to hell. Well, he said, I don't want that throne. Now, he's not dumb. He can look out there. That's the guy that looked just like him. And they're being whipped by taskmaster. He could see that. He could see them entalling with straw, making bricks. He could see that. For him to identify with a bunch of losers, he must have got something on the inside of him that is more than eyes can see. That I'm going to belong to more than what meets the eye, more than what they taught me in college, more than what some are going to talk about. I remember those voices. There is no greater cause. Son, don't give in to any other cause. There is no greater cause. I was thinking today about my aunt. I grew up with my aunt for a while before I went back to my parents. And uh, it's my sister, my mom's sister. And uh, when we went, man, we were really indoctrinated about God. We had a good indoctrination about the Lord. We knew a lot about Revelation before even before the apostle even taught me that. She taught me a lot about it. Amen. And I'll tell you, church, when the time come, amen, to give myself to the world system like I like other my friends did, thank God for the whispering voice, absent in body, but present in influence. And I could hear there is no other God. There is no other church. There is no other gospel. There is no other fellowship. Now, I couldn't explain it all. I couldn't tell it all. But I could hear it. There is no other Bible. There is no other gospel. There is no other way. There is no other church. This is it. Whether you are in it or not, there is no higher heights or deeper depth. This is it. No matter where you land yourself, thank God for a godly heritage. Thank God. What is a cause? A cause cannot be defined by words. It can only be defined by commitment, by passion. Amen. Science is not a cause. Philosophy is not a cause. Politics is not a cause. Ideology is not a cause. It's just a movement. But I'm talking about something greater than just a movement. So what is a cause? Don't confuse a cause with a movement. Amen. But a cause is that which makes people sacrifice. Moses sacrificed the throne to footmobile. He gave up chariots, which he could have ridden in to footmobile. He gave up royalty for slavery. He gave up liberty for bondage. He gave up silver and gold for straw. But he said the cause is more than materialism. Hallelujah. One of the most critical times, parents, is when your child come of age and decide to make their lot in life. And they're asking you for direction. If there's ever a time you got to be frank and open, it's that time. Because church, when they get in that rut, you can't get them out of it. Amen. And so the Bible knows that you have to make a decision, and he did. 
It's something that what you act out. It's that unprecedented sacrifice. He said, I don't want the throne. I don't want the crown. I don't want the fame. I don't want what they got to offer. It's that which you give up knowing what you are letting go of because there is a greater cause. Now, it's serious business. Look at somebody. It's serious business when you're talking about a cause. A cause is more than just my opinion. It's more. It's commitment. It's life taken sometimes. It's life sacrifice. We see David, a young lad, the least of his family's sons, he was out in the wilderness, and his dad gave him a responsibility to take care of the sheep because he's the youngest guy. He's a slave guy. He's the he's go-getter, the gopher. He faced that lion, and he faced that lamb. And he fought for that which his father placed in his care. He was determined, I will not let my father suffer loss. I will not let my parents suffer any loss. I'd rather put my life on the line. Church, to face a bear and face a lion is no small matter. If I was to see one, I think I'd turn the other direction. I'd back, back, back right up and take off running. But David faced him. I don't think David's father knew that David slew a lion. Never told him. I don't think he knew that David overcome a bear, that he would not suffer the loss because David felt that the cause of accountability meant more, amen, than just being lackadaisical and said, well, Daddy, you just lost a sheep. You just lost, a, you know, another goat or whatever you had. He didn't see that. He said, I will go out there. Now defend that to the letter. Young people hear me today. There is a cause we're defending. There is a cause we're standing for. And David says, I will do it. Now the time came when David had to face a bigger cause. And his brothers wouldn't face it, but he would. Got to always have somebody in the family that stands out. Let me tell you, when you find the cause, the rest of your family may not agree with you. But you got to do the right thing. You can't compromise your conviction. You can't compromise your call. You can't compromise what God showed you. They don't feel what you feel. They don't see what you see. They don't know what you know. And you got to be faithful to the vision that God gave. Now, Goliath came and Goliath stood there and challenged Israel for 40 days. Nobody would put their life on the line. A cause Require self-sacrifice. Nobody wants to do it. Why? They told you why. He's a champion from his youth. David did not matter one bit if he was a champion. David said, this man is an enemy of our cause. And David said, I don't care how tall he is, what you call him, giant or how big he is, I'm going to face him because he interfered with our cause. And the brother said, go home, David, go home. You just said, naughty boy. He said, what are you talking about, naughty boy? Is there not a cause? Is this cause not bigger than my life? Is my life more worthy than the cause? Or is the cause 
bigger than my life. When you have a cause that's bigger than your life, then you're in the ultimate cause. And the Bible said, they said, I will fight him. Everybody said, David, you can't do it. They said, I will fight anyhow. They said, why, David, will you do it? For the king's daughter? No. Why will you do it? Because there is no greater cause. Jehovah's reputation is on the line. What my great-great-grandfather believed and stood for is on the line. What my nation represents is on the line. And what this man is doing is make mockery out of us. We are more than a movement. We're more than an ideology. We are a cause. And I'm going to step down and face this man because this man said, if we don't defeat him, we've got to serve him. And the, the motto was, destroy me or serve me. And they said, no, we're going to serve you. We're going to come and we're going to face you. Well, you thought, you know, Goliath expected Saul to come or, or Saul's son. They wouldn't go. You know why? Because if you don't believe in the cause, you will not die for it. If you don't believe in the cause, you won't defend it. David believed the cause. And they said, this man didn't insult me, but insult the almighty God. He insult and defy the armies of God. And David asked the question, it says here, is there not a cause? Anybody who lived for God going to have to answer that question. That's why many people can't live for God, because the cause will always come up to them. It costs you something to serve God. You can't offer to God that which costs you nothing. And the ultimate price you can give to God is not what's in your pocketbook. It's not your talent, but it's yourself, your total personage. And David said, I will go down. And here's the beautiful part. He said, I don't want to wear what you're wearing because what you're wearing couldn't help you. But my conviction is stronger than his words. And I'll go down and I'll face him in Second Samuel, first Samuel 17, 29, put it on the board. They said, is there not a cause? And David went down in spite of the negativism that told him, you cannot win this battle. Now, folks, David and Moses are the same. Moses says, I don't want this throne. I don't want this promotion. If it means sacrificing God for it, I don't want it. If it means losing my God and my time with God and my walk with God, I'm not wanting it at all. Chapter 17, 29. He said, I don't want it all. You can keep it all. I don't want it. And so he said, I'm going to go down there. David said, I'm going to go down and face him. Now, church, David went down in a valley. Why would anybody in their right mind have so many years to live, so many things to do? He got no wife, got no children, lots to live for the young person, and yet he's going where captains won't go, where generals won't go, where King Saul won't go, where all the mighty men of valor won't go. 
Why on earth would he want to go? He said, there is no greater cause. Why would Moses want to give up the throne? The name, the fame, the wine, the women, the songs, the glory of Egypt, and all the splendor. Because of there is no greater cause. Hallelujah. To live for, to stand for, or to die for. He said, there is no greater cause. Nobody who is not convinced of the cause will ever sacrifice for it. They will not give up anything for a cause. And there's one thing you want to get in you right now if you're going to survive in this faith. You've got to realize there is none like this. There is no greater cause. David went down in the valley. He put his life on the line. He says, says you know what I'm doing? Is there not a cause? I don't want the king's daughter. I don't want the king's reward. The cause is my reward. I'm going to uphold the honor of Almighty God. This is more than volunteering. This is more than martyrdom. It's more than just being a follower. It's more than being an addict or just a hero or a star. He said, I'm driven by a cause. The cause is why I'm going to face that hard situation. It means more to me. There is no greater cause. Clap your hands to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody with a cause. Amen. Make people act. They perform unprecedented unprecedented sacrifice. They defy the inevitable and the odds. They achieve the impossible. They step out where others withdraw and they will do what others would run from because the cause, they are addicted to it. They will hazard their life for it. They'll give everything they can for the cause. When the cause means more than me, it's not self-preservation, but it's keeping the cause in its rightful place. That's why Abraham Gave up mom and dad and sister and brother and left earth the counties just for a cause. How much will you give up for the cause? How far will you travel for the cause? Hey, when my wife and I just got married in Edmonton, we had people in the church that badger us. Why you go for vacation? Why don't you do this? Well, so number one, the church depends on me to play the guitar. I said, the church depends on me. And the job I had on the, on the vacation ticket was one week. And that one week was only for camp. <laughs> so my, my vacation was like always a camp meeting until I came to make Murray. Just one week. Hallelujah. And all the camp, they didn't walk. They laughed. And they jeered. I can't do that. I can't go. If I go, there's no music. There's no play. Somewhere, somebody preached in my heart. The cause is greater than self-reservation. The cause. Now, I'm not telling you what to do with your life. I'm not asking you to do what I did. I'm telling you what drove me. Today, more people ask me to go places I've never asked to go. 
on my own. They make it happen. Because the cause recompense. He had recompense of the reward. When you take a stand for the cause, the recompense is greater than what you spend. I'm going to tell you, my friend, Joseph proved better off. Hallelujah. Not going to bed with Potiphar's wife. I say, he got paid better. Had he gone to bed and come to adultery, he'd be not heard of today. But he took a stand against immorality. And God raised him to the throne and make him next to Pharaoh. When you put the cause and say, I can't sit against God and mess up the cause. Hallelujah. I won't bring disgrace on God. I won't cause God to be embarrassed by my sinful life. And when you put the cause, righteousness will exalt a nation. But sin is a reproach. And Moses said, I'm going to do this. And God wanted to give him a burning bush experience. How many prophets would like to see God? He said, Moses is my man. I talked to him what? Face to face. Mouth to mouth. Hey, church, you may ever talk to the queen or the president of the United States or a and prime minister. But if you have a little talk with Jesus, there is no greater talk. If you have time with Jesus, there is no greater time spent. If you have time aiming for God, there's no better time use. Amen. And the Bible said, hallelujah, that David came out victorious. And God said, David is my man. There's nobody like David. It always turned out to be heroic. Every person who put the cause first, make it to the pages of God's Bible. I'm thinking of Abraham. He became a friend of God because he put the cause above his family. He put the cause above everybody else. Hallelujah. Amen. And I said, he's a friend of God. Hallelujah. And then David, God said, he's a man after my own heart because he put the cause above his own situation. Amen. The man about the call, Apostle Paul, before he was that, he was Saul. He boasted of his religious heritage. He said he was a Benjamite. I came from a very illustrious ancestry, circumcised at age eight days old. I'm from the Jewish stock, he said. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He said, look, I'm privileged to sit at the feet of the wisest man of my day, Gabriel, at his feet. Amen. I was known as a Pharisee of the Pharisee, being a doctor of doctors. I had zeal more than any other man you could think of. Of the law, he said, I was blameless. I came from a powerful, prestigious family tree. He said, look, I profit in that Jewish religion. More than anybody, he was fighting for what he thought was the cause. All he had was just a movement. It was just a movement, but he thought it was the cause. Until he came to the Damascus journey. Amen. After he saw a young man called Stephen. Stephen left an impression on Paul that he never forgot. Stephen stood against seven 
synagogues of high priests and men of caliber, which took them, knowing very well he's just a young man, <laughs> going to cost him his life. He knows you don't talk to those men like that. And he called them stiff-necked. <laughs> what else did he call them? And he spoke in such a way that they gnashed on him with their teeth. And they killed him, and Paul was their consent to it. What Paul was looking at was a man that understood what a cause is all about. Stephen placed his life under the cause and put the cause above his own security. He knew what he did. He knew they were felt insulted. He knew they were being blamed for the death of Jesus Christ. He knew his debt was guaranteed, but he was anointed. And to make them more angry, he said, I see Jesus, the Lord of mercy, which everybody hates. And he knew he's getting more, more angry, but he got kept on preaching more. And he put the cause above his own life. They stoned him. And going down on his knees, you think he'd be cursing those who stoned him. But he spoke like his Lord. Forgive them. Oh, they knew that. But they've done. When he said that, it smote the heart of Paul. And Paul said, this guy has more than religion. He has a cause inside of him. He went down kneeling and said, Lord, receive my spirit. Paul cannot shake himself free of what took place. When God met him, he didn't realize what Steve was all about. He said, look, I count all things, listen now, lost. I get my opportunity for promotion. I get my opportunity for the throne. I get my opportunity for being rich, popular, have notoriety. I could have, I should have. But I put the cause above it. The cause meant more to me than opportunity, financially, economically, socially, relationally. I put the cause first. It was my priority. I indemnified God. And I count everything I've got rubbish, useless, worthless. I give it all for the cause, for the cause, for I discover there is no greater cause than for me to become an apostle of Jesus Christ. There is no greater calling I don't care if university is calling you. I don't care if the college is calling you. I don't care if the politician is calling you. I don't care if the army is calling you. The queen is calling There's no greater call than the call of God upon your life. When God called you out of Egypt, said, I call my son out of Egypt. There is no greater call. My friend, when God called you from the womb, there's no greater call. You can't live a better life than the life a Christian lives. Kind of all lost. For what Paul, he says in perils often. In what? Perils often. In prison often. 
Five times I whipped with rod. Three times with whatever. Forty stripes. Hello. Hallelujah. Being chased like a fugitive. Let down in the basket. Paul, why do you give up your heritage? Your ancestral legacy. You're profiting just for this. Paul, much learning make you mad. Now I'm not beside myself, he said. But I'm not just disobedient to the heavenly vision. I got a call in my life. There's a vision in my life. Hallelujah. I tell my mom and papa goodbye. It wasn't easy. I got to say it. Because I can't remain a Pharisee. I can't remain what I used to be. And after the manner that some are calling me heresy. So worship I. The God of my father. I'm not a heretic. I just found a cause worth living for. I found a cause to go on the mission field for. I found a cause worthy of being stoned for. I found a cause being imprisoned for. I found a cause being cursed for. I want to ask you this morning, which of you have a cause that's greater than the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, for it's the power of God unto salvation. I don't care what your problems are or your opportunities are, there's no greater cause. Listen, Paul, the Holy Ghost spoke. Seven girls are prophetic uttering. Weaker. Philip's daughter. He said, Paul, if you go on that trip, you're going to die. But a man with a call, his passion, obsession, his priority is the cause, the zeal, the preoccupation. Hallelujah. Paul, you're going to die. He said, well, I tried to break my heart. Went down to the city. A prophet came in there, picked up his coat and prophesied against him and said, you're going to die, Paul. And the saints started screaming and crying. But Paul, please don't go. Don't go. He said, why I try to break my heart? Is my life greater than the cause? He felt like David. Let me face Caesar if I must face him. But I will if that's what the cause requires of me. I want to ask you if God wanted to quit your job, would you quit it? If God wanted to quit what you're doing, would you do it? Would you step out of your you're going to die lost like Jonah? Which would you do? Which is greater in your life? Have you thought about it? Or if your wife or your husband has to curse God, would you do it and die lost? Would you put your cause above the curse of a wife? He said, Why well, try to break my heart? Not only am I ready to preach the gospel, but to lay down my life for the cause of Jesus Christ. I've never one time since I got saved in 1972 find fault with doing anything for church. This church has never hindered me from being a husband to my wife. 
It has never hindered me from being to myself. It has never stood in my way in any way that I know of are my jobs. In fact, I never take jobs that interfere with my walk with God. Never does. I refuse to do it. I didn't care what the pain was. I didn't care what my bills were. The first thing I want to know, I'm going to interfere with my cause. If you will, I don't want it. I traveled across Europe and Asia and Africa looking for clothes to wear, and I refused to buy any that violate the cause that was placed in my heart. You ask my wife, I refuse. I refuse. Because I was strange, I can't find anywhere to fit me, but I refuse to violate the cause. The cause means more than fabric. It means more than fashion. It means more than a vacation. Hallelujah. I said to my wife yesterday, I was testing my wife out. I said, we made a, certain, a really bad mistake. It's my anniversary tomorrow. We should run a cruise. I said, you're wrong. My wife felt like she said, you're wrong. No, we're going to be in church. We're going to be in church. That's where we got married, in church. That's where we're going to stay, in church. The something about church, friend. It's a cause. It's a cause. Tuesday, prayer meeting, not a problem for me. An opportunity. In fact, I don't need a clock to wake me up. It does it automatic. Got to get up. It's time for church. Hell, on Friday, time for Bible study. Never one time said, well, oh, God, I, I'm tired. I can't stay in bed, please. Never. No, no, the cause. You're going to my sleep. Hallelujah. If I'm sick, I mean my sickness never interfered my cause. God, not to kill me to start from down this pulpit. Because I come right back here. I'm going to come here, amen, sick as a dog and preach. God heals. Yes, he does. God is a healer. Even though I'm dying, I'm going to still preach. You know why? Because the cause is greater than me. There's a cause greater than me. I want something bigger than me. Praise God. Paul said, Timothy, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because of the cause. When I first got this promotion after a while, they put me on hire again. I never forget, I walked by the office. God said, I don't want you in that office. Because they always isolate me because the first day I got in a certain place, they want me to come at midnight to do midnight stuff. I said, no. I sat in my office and hear the secretary berating me and says, he thinks he's holding everybody else. Because I wouldn't buy a lot of 649 tickets on their raffles. I could hear him talking about me right next door. I thought, I don't care. Hallelujah. I came here with a cause. I'm going to leave here with that cause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. We don't say, well, I'm doing it because the pastor says. It's not because, it's the cause. Don't tell your kids that pastor did. Pastor is a big old dragon. I'm no Google man. I'm a man of God. I preach the word of God. Hallelujah. There's a cause we're standing for. There's a cause we're believing you for. And lift up church. Come on. Hallelujah. Do you have a cause? Do you have a passion for the cause? Do you have a zeal? Does it eat you up? Are you addicted to the ministry? Do you hazard your life for the cause? I'm asking somebody here. Is there not a cause we're standing for? There is a cause. Do you contend for it? Jesus said for this cause. 
was I born? Don't waste your time on useless movements. Every step you make in this life this week, make it count. Every life that you live, make it mean something. My good friend, Lori Schilling, I said, Schilling, this book that you've done for us will go places you'll never go. We'll be in the hands of people you'll never know. But it's a cause on those pages. Somebody said, Belong to a cause that will outlive you. Belong to a project that go above you. I told vacation Bible school teachers, you know what you did? You went into my heart. You went into my secret chamber of my vision. And here's the, the greater part is I didn't even initialize it. You just said you're going to do it. And I thought, this is awesome. God said, David, did I ask you for a, throne, for a temple? Did I tell you to build me a temple? No. He said, everybody was content for me. To go from what? Tent to tent. But somewhere, David had in his heart, brother, and in his heart. He said, I cannot let this be for my God. When he looked at the temple of Dagon and Diana and looked at where their gods were and how they lived with gold and silver and ivory. David said, doesn't the cause drive you to get jealous? Hey, you Pentecostal preacher boys, let me tell you, this puppet is the least of a ministry. It's the least of a ministry. But don't underestimate it either. David took off his royal entire church. I want you to visit this young lad. He took off his robe. Sat on the ground like a peasant and cried as a God. I will not go back in my house until you have a place to rest. The most painful statement God ever made to David was not that you sin against Bathsheba. That's not what he said. The most painful was, you will not make me that temple. Your son will. They said, okay, God, I get around you. I will take every gold I have, every silver I have, every friend I know, and the cause 
is more important than who built the temple. I don't have the Saul spirit. But if I don't kill Goliath, then, you know, da-da-da-da. Saul should say, I don't care who killed Goliath, as long as he's dead. <laughs> as long as he's dead. Who cares who killed him? He's dead. Now, I don't care who built the temple, as long as I got a hand in it. And he piled up all the gold. You search the Bible. It's not Solomon who provided the material. It was David. David did it all. If, okay, God, if I can't do it, I will promote this. If I can't play the piano, I'll, I'll, I'll shemai it. I'll clean it up. Hallelujah. Hey, if I can't preach those messages, I take the garbage out. Come on, somebody. Yeah, come on now. If I can't get exhortation, well, I'm just going to clean the windows. I will wait to be asked. I'll do it all. Because the cause is greater than my reputation, than my, oh, come on, church, my own personal ambition. Let's all stand. For this cause, I bow my knees. I bow my what? I bow my knees. Timothy, for this cause, I'm a prisoner in bond. For this cause, I'm called these names. Timothy, come and join me in suffering. Come and join me in shame. Timothy, don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. Now, don't waste your time. Don't waste your life. I believe everybody in this church should be educated. I believe that. But not at the expense of salvation. Mr. Charlie, come here, please. Sister Cheryl is a graduate. University of Athabasca. I'm sure it could have gone to a lot of places. She could have been my son's school teacher. She could have. She could have. Hallelujah. Ah, and she did an online study and get everything she wanted. But there's a hero in the book before you got there. I took courses for the college before. I did. And uh, there's a girl, she was a single mom, and they, they award her the top prize of the college because in one year she finished a degree program. She's still in the book, in history. She did what no one else could have done. I know, I know how she did it, but she did it, a single mom. And they lifted her to heights, and they talked about her. Until, amen, the dean came in. Long before you were born, son. If you were born, you haven't hatched yet. She sat there and she did time management study. And when she graduated, she became the featured student of the entire university. Her picture all across North America. The hero of the college. Now, she won't tell me. I'm going to tell you right now. But you know what? 
My wife and I talked to her about the cause. Many times, the cause, the cause, the cause, the cause, the cause. Study. Spend time. But don't tell me that it stopped you from teaching Sunday school. Don't tell me it stopped you from going to Fort Mackay and bring people to church. You're going to do that. Uh, come on, man. Hallelujah. And she did all those in between time. Hallelujah. Amen. And she graduated with honors. Featured all across the billboard. McMurray is your face. Is your picture. Her picture all across the billboard. Edmonton. Her picture. Magazines. 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 But they don't know she put the calls. So they want to ask her, how did you do all this? She told them, there's a pastor down there who who mentored me and his wife and says, you're what I do. So they came with a camera right in the church. It's honest truth. They came to the church with the cameras and took a picture of this church and her. And they went through it all. And fil- Is that right, boy? They filmed your family. Did they not? Several times. Amen. And showed off on the pages. But she always told them, come on. Then I went to Naba. And there, Naba, several hundred people there. Again, how do you do it, girl? She said, the church I go to. The church. I put the cause first. I put the cause first. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And the list goes on. Is that true or no? It can be done. You don't have to give up God to achieve your worldly pursuit. You don't have to sell God out to get the job promotion. You don't have to do a lot of folks you're doing. The cause always take precedent. And sometimes you got to be a Daniel and say, I'm going to the lion's den. Take my job if you want to. I don't be a president no more. Forget about it. You can have it. I don't need it. Thank you, sister. But my wife, too, who goes everywhere I go, I refuse to be blessed without my wife. All my pastor friends said, man, you drag your wife everywhere you go. I said, absolutely. I said, in my low times, she was always with me. And in my high times, she's going to be there, too. We're going to be there every time. Hallelujah. But my wife left her job in England. Good job. Hallelujah. To marry this guy. She did. Walk away from it to marry me. They thought she was crazy. You know what they said? Look where she came and picked up me. That's what they said. Look where she came and picked up. They thought she was crazy. They mocked her. Needless to say, all those girls who said that, they're still barren. I have no husband. But all this year, she's going on tours with what she picked up. <laughs> I said, ah, God cursed them just for me. She gave her a job. She worked for all of that Blue Cross business. I said, quit your job for the cause. She did. She said, well, well, pastor, da, 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 da. I let pastor's friend come to me crying. My wife, well, 
I can't go preach because my wife won't let me. My wife, da, 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 da. not my wife. Not my wife. In fact, to be honest, church, when I go on vacation, I have to drag her out of that office or till I'm going on my own and go find my concubine. If she'll come along. So I'm not going alone. I didn't marry to be a loner. Hey, man, I want to go to with me. But church, I never forget when my pastor to me, go north. One time I told some guys what God wants me. I said, shouldn't God talk to me first? I thought, oh, wow. I wish you guys were right. You can. But I'm not bragging, but it's the truth. I had a good job. I worked like this. In those days, I didn't wear suspenders. I, I, I was okay with slim. Life changed in McMurray. <laughs> Easy life. <laughs> but church, that's the honest truth. Brother, God told me to keep that job. I love that job. I thought, boy, God, you know how to hurt me. Go north. They tell me, everybody said, you, you go McMurray, there's no road. It's dirt road and pothole. You go down, you can't come back up out. There's mud everywhere. So I came looking for mud. And I didn't find any mud. I found this good pay my way. Make a long story short, folks. I looked and, and I said, oh my Lord, there's nothing here. But I said, quit. That's a tough decision. When the cost comes up, it's tough decision. The first one was like graduation. He says, don't take that job. I didn't. But I was mad. Don't take I didn't take it. Mad. Because that's the job. For the cause. But make a long story short, I have no regret. I have no regret. When I told Dr. Landers I'm leaving, he says, Neil, we love you here. Why are you doing this? Where are you going? I tell the truth. I said, I'm going to preach in Fort McMurray. He said, really? That's great, but what am I going to do? Well, I had one a guy from Nate who was a college graduate coming through the system. I said, if I leave, Dr. Landers, this guy goes to the same church with me, one of my ex-students, you can get the job, couldn't he? Get the job on the spot. He did. And he worked till he quit to go work for God. Still pastoring today. The cause pays. Would you bow your heads right now? Now, you don't have to. I'm not here to pick on anybody. I'm not going to quit your job. It's not God's will for everybody to quit their job. It's not God for everybody to be as best as that. But I'm saying, what is the cause? What will separate you from God's will for your life? Your own comfort zone? Your own ideas? Your own philosophy? Well, I did it my way. The French left the song. Well, I did it my way. The apostles forsook all to follow Jesus. Ruth forsook Moab. Esther gave up her life. Paul gave up all things, Stephen. And the widow. I'm asking you tonight, today, 
How about you become addicted to the cause? How about you right now said, I'll hazard my life for no greater cause than this one? How about you saying right now, I'll end your ordinance as a soldier? There could be other sorrows around here. Young people, you can look at my vase when colors will separate you from God if you allow it to. Our colors can be used to win people to God. We saw at the conference a little boy wasn't old enough to come to the conference, but he went over a hundred students. The first eight weeks, nobody showed up in his class for his teaching, Project 7. But he stayed with it. Underage, then the whole school started coming to his teaching. And he's still going strong. An underage kid can do that. How about you and I right now? Come on, young boys and girls. This altar is open to you right now. What do you want more? A car, a new car? The wrap to McDonald's? For this gospel, for this cause, I bow my knees to Jesus Christ's will. For this cause, I leave you at Crete. Crete may not be comfortable, but I'm going to leave you there. Will you hazard your life? Will you endure hardness? Or will you entangle yourself with the fears of this life? I'm looking for a spiritual addicts. Who will step out and say, God! Timothy! Timothy! Get a passion. Get an addicted. Love the purpose. Love the mission. Have a reason for living. Jesus is first. There is no greater cause. Because after the rapture, everything will be counted done. After the rapture, I have no regret leaving the college I left to come here. I have no regret not working for Chevron Standard. I have no regret making the decision I made. I don't think Sister Dean has that because she ended up in Harvard. Companies paid for her to go to Harvard. She would never have gone to Harvard had she not made up her mind to put the cause first. And they paid for it. And floor to Harvard University for training by top of the line professors. I'm not bragging in her flesh. I'm telling you what, what it means to do this. Why don't you try this like these heroes of our faith? I'm not asking to give up on your family or quit your job. I'm just saying there's no greater cause in your life than serving Jesus Christ. There is no greater cause in your life than serving Jesus Christ. Because when you and I hit the sod, your glory on earth will not descend with you. You will not have it follows you. Your money, your riches, your honor, your glory. <laughs> but only what you do I'm going to sing a song you don't know. Remember only what you do for Christ will last. Remember only.
be what you do for Christ. We last only what you do for him will be counted in the end. Oh.